I'm rolling now. And just like that, we're going. Just like that. Like I said, it's it's been a while since I've done an episode, honestly. I don't think it was back in May was my last one. I've been taking it easy this summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, my girlfriend and I just bought a house. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, yes. And that's a little over a month ago we moved in. So first home yep. or? Yeah, first, so first house. Big, yeah. And uh, I've called Plumber twice already, so that's been fun. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been a lot of adjusting to home life and taking it easy and projects and sure. watching my money that was at a fun level all the way now at a sad level yeah that's <laughs> what happens man let's get used to it with the house you know <laughs> well that's good and it's right and you said rotterdam so yeah it's pretty uh, cool it's schenectady a lot of great stuff back there like we were just talking about i don't think i've been to up to past downtown saratoga in probably like 10 years <laughs> you know it's tough it's like it's it's funny because there is like a it's we had a lot of you know we definitely have a lot of weekend warriors that make the trek up from the capital, direct capital region. But yeah, it's funny. Saratoga and north up to, you know, kind of Lake George is, is probably where a lot of our like local week weekday kind of client, you know, customers are, are hanging out at. Yeah, a lot of people come up from Albany for the, for the day, especially on weekends. Weekends, can releases, yeah. stuff like yeah. that when we have. Yeah. Well, I, I know that with track season kicking off, or does that your crowd? Well, that, that certainly brings too. a whole nother level of. <laughs> tourists and, and and visitors to the area so it's all it's all good yeah definitely you know it's like we don't really know i mean we've been pretty flat out busy anyway so i think what we're noticing now with track you know the one week it's been open now is like it's just a little bit different you know maybe some of the locals are maybe staying home a little bit and uh you know some of the people who are on like especially off track days or or if they're not, you know only going to track for a couple days coming up here for for dinner once it closes or or whatnot yeah or getting their beer because it's the nice thing about track man byob is kind of a wild <laughs> a wild phenomenon that 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 place you can still bring as much alcohol as you want that's crazy i i mean i've only ever actually gone like a handful of times and i've never won on a bet i've placed there never I've it's never won anything of substance. I'll say that. <laughs> like, and I don't. I mean, I don't. I haven't placed a lot of bets on horses. I don't. Horse races isn't something I follow or would do unless I was actually at the track. But it's like embarrassing to say, yeah, I've never won on a bet I placed there. Not even on a horse to win. Yeah. yeah. I hit a. I almost hit a trifecta once where my horses landed in second, third, and fourth. I'm like, you should all go to the glue factory. This is awesome. Oh, <laughs> How's that? But uh, that seems like a good time to do an intro, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to episode 45 of Stories from a Bar. I, of course, am the host, Chris Osborne. And for this episode, I'm hanging out with Bert and Christian Weber, owners of one of my favorite breweries in the area, Common Roots Brewing. How are you guys doing today? Oh, Chris, we're doing really well, man. It's good to, good to get you up here and, and hanging out, having a beer midday. Really? It's yeah, not, there's not raining today. Some, it's good. Yeah, there was, the weather is nice. The rain has stopped finally. Uh, and I, nothing wrong with some afternoon day drinking. That's it. That's it. Anytime we have a, an ability to crack a beer before five at a brewery is always a good. Four or five? Day. Wow, that's late. Yeah. Sometimes 5 p.m. comes a little earlier here. <laughs> That's true. We have a creative uh, meeting every Tuesday at three o'clock that we always have a beer at. So that's, that's usually yeah. our uh, keeps the creative keeps minds you going. going yeah. It does help. It does. At least it feels like it helps. It, it does. does. It yeah, does. For sure. <laughs> at Absolutely. the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate you guys taking the time to hang out. Like I said, this is uh, one of my favorite breweries in the area. Usually, whenever I go to like a beverage center, I'll generally try to grab something I haven't had before. And then you guys have so many beers usually there that I just grab one because I know I'll like that if i'm ever disappointed with the other one <laughs> that's awesome what is your local beverage center that you go to uh i go to glenville beverage a lot yeah, sure uh, just outside in glenville there yep. or uh even uptown beverage on altamont yeah Skinner both TV. great spots yeah, yeah. Yep. both huge both uh, huge great, great beer selection yeah we love uptown yeah. will deliver so that's always nice nice still <laughs> delivers that's good yeah. yeah i wasn't sure if they were going to be able to i know yeah. the state had basically cut that off for breweries right yeah they have, I don't know, the, the kind of the Bev centers have a different license, you know, than everyone else, you know, so who knows how they, uh, how they're monitored. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But, uh, I got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Like I said, you guys have a lot of beers out there. You've been around a while. You've gone through a lot the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, we have. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we've got, of course, a couple beers here to talk about, two of which I actually haven't had. So I'm excited to uh, try these. Actually, why don't you tell me a little bit about the lager that we have for right here first? Yeah, we'll start so we, with that. we just yeah, cheers, I guess. Right? Cheers. We might as well do one of these here. Uh, yeah, so uh, lager is uh, Common Roots Lager, which is the name 
as well as the style nice. is kind of our here's our kind of house lager. So it's kind of a German style house lager. And um, it's it's probably our third biggest volume beer that we produce. Oh, really? Um, and certainly probably one of our biggest draft at the tap room beers that mm-hmm. we, I think mm-hmm. it pretty much competes um, with almost no one else um, as a sole brand. The, lo- um, the lager hasn't been around that long, has it? So it's funny. It was actually a beer. We have other lager styles that we do. We have Refmeth was a Pilsner that came out um, before the fire. Uh, Conrad's Lager came out um, or was about to come out um, that week of the fire. Oh, actually. Wow. So when the brewery burned, it was actually sitting um, in a bright tank that we were as we had to sadly empty tanks. It was a. We all definitely had some cups of non-carbonated but still cold lager. And uh, so it was a, quite a bit for us to – we kind of just put it on the back burner because we wanted to make sure we did it once we reopened again properly. Um, we were pretty jazzed up about the style um, and, and wanted it. You know, as brewers, although we make a lot of IPA and it's certainly – you know, we distribute to something like 10 states now and we're, you know, throughout the state and heavy into cities and, and whatnot. But as much as we get excited and we certainly like IPA – it's not something that um, I'm necessarily drinking all the time now. Uh, my taste buds, or maybe a little, maybe that's just because we're, we're fortunate enough to work in an industry where, you know, you do get to try a lot of stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, and also brew a lot of stuff. But, you know, lager is a beer that, like, uh, we kind of wanted to have here and a beer that we always could kind of, kind of as a converter to. We yeah. have a lot of people locally who, who maybe are more of the macro lager drinkers and you know they've come in because they they know our brand and they want to you know stop by and um this is definitely a great entry level to craft too Um, it's nice it's just a nice clean tasting lager it's just like here it is here's a here's a lager (laughs) here's a beer beer made for drinking it is especially on a nice hot day like today (laughs) yeah very fresh yeah for sure so how's summer been going for you guys busy i mean we opened the tap room here may 3rd on premise sale and it's it's been uh, it's been a wild ride ever since i mean we've had a steady line of customers coming in and uh you know it's it's been exciting for us because it's a new you know having the, the full tap room operation in the restaurant has been kind of a new part for us and, yeah uh, uh you know but the systems we had in place and the people and the food seems like it's been a, a really big hit for people coming to visit with us so it's been really good very busy but really good I know the pictures of the pizzas I've seen look delicious every time I see one of those. <laughs> yeah, they are they are great, man. We have a great um, front of the house, back of the house staff, and they've just done an awesome job of, you know, my father and I are certainly new to the food world, and it was, a, you know, a big undertaking, and it was part of the phase one of the expansion that we were just doing when we burned was adding a restaurant on. Um, we had food trucks that were here every day for, mm-hmm. for multiple years prior to that. And it just seemed like, you know, the logical next step for making sure the experience of coming to Common Roots was, was, was great, uh, being able to have, you know, especially some food while you're consuming um, beverages. Well, yeah, and I suspect that also kind of opens up your clientele so that, you know, you can have people under 21 come here with, for Absolutely. an actual reason. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Or people with families. families. Yep, yeah. exactly. Families, and it becomes a spot where you can hang out at, too. You're not just coming for pre-dinner drinks on a yeah. Saturday night yeah. or, or whatnot. So. Yeah, it's definitely it's been it's been fun. But, you know, when we opened this facility last year, uh, basically right in the middle of the pandemic, we decided just to, to keep it to go, mm-hmm. um, even as regulations kind of like we kind of left the quarantine phase and they were a little more limited. We just decided from, from our standpoint, there's we were just going to kind of keep it to go only and and see how that goes. So when in this past May, when we opened it for on premise, it was pretty exciting because it was a lot of built up, <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> energy yeah, kind of exactly. waiting, both from the customer side as well as the staff side too. I mean, you come to work at a brewery, and I know that's why we wanted to, you know, be in the industry ourselves, was because it's you know breweries are fun spots to be at. They're community, they're communal, they're they're spots where people come to like hang out and talk to each other, and to have like to work in a facility that was uh, quiet. You know, it was kind of weird to not have that on premise, to not have people in the tap room looking in at the brewery. It was, yeah. It's a little oh, odd, yeah. you know. So it was nice to finally Especially have. After a, that's what you've been used to for so long, for I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I have an office job, so I'm used to general quietness around me most of the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, because I was an essential worker, it was weird, and I couldn't take some of my work, home, most of my work home, because I a lot of it's classified. So yeah. it was like we were working from home two days a week, and then doing twenty hours 
off-site and the 20 hours on-site, so I was really trying to cram 40 hours worth of work into those 20 <laughs> where I was actually at the office. Oh, sure. That was getting hectic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then other times, those five-day weekends I miss. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course, yeah. But this place is absolutely beautiful. Like I said, it's the first time I've been to Glens Falls or past Saratoga in like a decade, uh, probably not since I've delivered flowers for Price Chopper years and years ago. Oh, um, wow. And uh, I didn't get to see the original brewery before it, before it burnt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't make it to the temporary tap room either. Uh, and you guys built this right on top of where the original brewery was, right? That's yep. correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we put a lot of thought into the design. And now, as, as, as like Christian said, seeing people here enjoying it has been really very fulfilling to us. It, uh, you know, it was ready last year, but it just kind of sat there. And it was, it was a little eerie, honestly, and a little uh, depressing for us. But now to see people enjoying it the way, because we did put a lot of thought into it and see people enjoying it the way we thought they would, it's, it's really been, it's been very cool. Well, two questions I want to get out of yeah. the way just right off the bat. I'm sure you've been asked many times. Mm-hmm. Common Roots, where did the name come from? And who made your sweet logo? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when we, know. So I guess we go back to the kind of original story. So, you know, when I was in undergrad, I started work volunteering at a, at a brewery. And the guy was uh, uh, it was called Squam Lakes Brewing. And he was not much older than I was. And he was kind of doing a nano brewery before nano breweries were really a thing. Yeah. And he was running like a one-barrel system. And uh, I was helping on bottling days and... and and uh and whatnot and it was pretty cool and eventually took on an apprenticeship program at a bigger brewery and then became a brewer there and whatnot and uh definitely realized that I, that was an industry that i wanted to be in and at the time i was home brewing and my dad and i started home brewing together um but after graduate school i, I still didn't necessarily wasn't totally uh convinced that i was ready to leave what i've been doing for six years in school to just start in the beer industry so mm-hmm. i left the beer world for quite a bit and i ran environmental non-profit up in lake placid oh wow and uh my father was just kind of retiring from a full career of being a teacher mm-hmm. and um we kind of had this I, I was looking to realizing i wanted to go back into the beer industry and either work in a brewery or start my own if i started my own i'd need a business partner and my dad was just getting ready to retire and kind of looking for something else to do himself so we kind of developed this partnership and uh, we ended up purchasing what was the former facility that was on one of the properties that we're on now and um, yeah started common roots and you know from the day we decided to do it we started thinking about names and you know we'd be like oh you know uh, so and so brewing company and, and you know we go and google it and it's freaking taking you know I mean that happened I can't imagine now this is back in 2012 oh oh, you know yeah. know what I mean so there was far less breweries that are even available now and at one point, my mother, I think, came up yeah. with, what about common roots? And I think I was like, nope. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't like it. And uh, it, Or at least didn't really resonate at that time. And the more we were kind of developing the business plan and talking about what was important to us and our ethos and our family roots and community and things that really that we really value and cherish you know, we kind of st- kept stumbling back to this name of common roots and, you know, eventually became a little bit more meaningful. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I think that was kind of some logo ideas even start. And then, and then uh, a friend of the family, right? Friend so. of family. We were talking a lot about like the, <laughs> I see your tattoo there is uh, the tree, uh, of life. tree of life yep. and kind of doing a play on that. And, you know, we have a lot of like German heritage. My father's the, really the only sibling born in, mm-hmm. in America. So we, oh, we really? kind of had this like strong to like, you know, Germany and, and like, you know, there's a big, you know, in Bavaria, there's a big, you know, the Bavarians, yeah. Yeah, a yeah. big beer, beer was culture. An important part of our, my family growing up. So, but never having brewed beer really. I mean, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, so the, the name resonated with us as we, as we thought about it. And Common Roots Brewing Company spoke to us then. And especially when we started to relate it to the, to the logo that we're kind of playing with. And then a family friend was just getting in the graphic design. I was became like his first project. Yeah, it really was. So. And we kind of sketched some stuff out. And he kind of took it and made it. Not a, not a bad it. first project. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his name's Cort- Cortland Brennan. Um, he lives down uh, in, in the city, city or he's, he's back up here a little bit now too. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal graphic designer, and you know he's done quite a bit in like motion graphics now and things like that. Wow. Uh, we we now have a full time graphic designer that just works for us. Yep. Um, just giving them labels and content yeah. and stuff that we do. And Jess, Jessica Mead is responsible for everything that we 
we have now that visually goes out to well, the shout out to her because the labels are i love some of the labels especially the super modern neon ones those are cool i don't know they do they will they're eye-catching for one thing yeah, which are. is something yeah, you want sure on top of the beer being good <laughs> yeah <laughs> i appreciate that. it's a good like kind of throwback kind of like almost like miami vice kind of looking style yeah that's why actually when i redid the logo for the podcast i wanted a neon yeah type good. looking sign yep. so mm-hmm. i'm super happy with the way that came out funny enough I think I was drinking a can of the patched ale. Nice. Yep. And uh, when I was talking to the graphic designer, I sent her a picture of the can because I really like the color scheme. And, like I'm kind of looking to play off blues or purples or yellows like this. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. So, here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but how big was your family then for you to be one of the only siblings born in America? Well, um, my my particular family, had, I was the fourth child. But okay. So my two brothers and a sister all born in Germany, and my parents immigrated here in 1950. Oh, wow. And I was born in, you know, 54. I didn't know, because I noticed so, on the website talking yeah. about Bruin being in your roots. So yeah. you were able to trace that back to, like, Germany, and well, that was a I mean, big thing? I mean, that really refers to the, I mean, when I look at my Bavarian German heritage, ah, okay. I mean, everything was revolved around beer, and the celebrations always had beer at them, and, and you know, they took beer very seriously, I would say. <laughs> you know, not, Who would have thought? Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> sure. Germans and beer, I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, but it's, so that's what we, I mean, my, my family, my parents did not brew beer. Okay. Days, but, you know, but that part of the country of Germany is obviously known for some of the, you know, some great lagers and beers like that so my uh, actually my brother served in the air force he spent maybe up to close to like five years living in germany and he yeah. sent me these two really awesome steins yeah. one that's made out of like cement one of like 1000 or something has the knight on top with his little blade which yeah, i try nice not, and, but the it got real flimsy the top of the blade so i try not to use it anymore which is sure, a little disappointing sure. so it's kind of more of a decoration now and he sent me this yeah. other one that's like a trick mug uh looks really like it has old painting on it and has holes all in it so you have to hold it a certain way or it spills everywhere oh wow yeah, yeah. that like you have to hold a... it left-handed you got to cover this one particular hole and this other one with like your pinky wow that yeah. would be a i feel like that'd be a struggle the more i drink with it oh yeah would, uh... absolutely <laughs> maybe it's, part of the design yeah. <laughs> yeah potential to waste a lot of beer the yeah. more you try to drink from it that's fair that's funny so though. then how did you get in- into actually uh wanting to brew and craft well, beer i mean Christian really was the, uh, you know, we did homebrewing together, but that is, you know, far, far-fetched from something like we're doing right now. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, his, his experience in commercial brewing and then the idea, we both visited breweries and, and craft breweries and, and you know, it, it, it just became an industry that really intrigued us and we, we found a lot of uh, uh, camaraderie there. So, and when Christian came up with this idea, really, and at first I was maybe a little bit, yeah, sure, I'd, I'd love to have a brewery. You know, like I didn't really take it that seriously. But then when I saw the passion in them and the commitment to this, and then, you know, we were obviously making, Christian in particular was really making some good beer. I mean, his his uh, his home brewing and his uh, the systems that he kind of jury-rigged together in our, our house and in the college, I mean, there was some really good product coming out of there. So I, I saw the passion. I saw he had the the background now, and then I uh, and my wife was really our biggest uh, cheerleader. Truly was. She yeah. said, you know, as awesome. I retired, she goes, well, you know, why not? Let's let's try this. This sounds like a, something you guys would really be good at and you could enjoy. So the first tap room opened in 2014. 2014. So you yeah, guys, we, we bought seems- the building in February 6, 2014, and my father and I, with the help of some friends and family, got it open. We opened December 19, 2014. Wow. It, and- that's really not even that long ago, certainly less than 10 years, but it feels like you guys have been around so a does. lot longer. Like, yeah, holy cow. Especially when you think about like some of the history of like, you know, having to fire all the expansions and buildings yeah. on we've done and then, you know, having a fire and then temporary and then building this up. It does seem like it's been mm-hmm. longer, but it's been a fast like seven, eight years now. Yeah. For I, sure. I, you guys definitely made a name for yourself. You certainly cranked out a lot of beers. Like I said, when I go yeah. to the beverage center, I'm like, holy crap, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I know I'm probably going to like all of these, but now I, there's like seven of them. I'm like, which one do I want? <laughs> That's great. That's good. Well, they do a good job locally. We, we definitely, we send a lot of beer out to the world now, but you know, locally is really in the capital region with our, you know, our local distributor is really the biggest variety that stays, um, which we're always kind of proud of to make sure we're always taking care of our, uh, you know, our, our local community before we go send beer to yeah. some other state, you know? Do you guys remember the first beer you brewed together on that magic occasion? I, do you remember, I, you know, I remember what the opening lineup was, but I think it was a uh, kind of a Belgian pale ale, yeah. actually. That was the first beer that we, we brewed. 
Which is um, still a favorite of some people. Which is, and we've had some <laughs> other ones. One of the breweries I worked at at the time made exclusively kind of Belgian beer. So it was like in... Um, so it was definitely, we had a kind of a Belgian honey ale too, mm-hmm. that was with some local honey and then a, a dark, kind of a dark beer that eventually became shadow figures, but it was like our house dark beer. And mm-hmm. I just like, at one point I think we wanted just to have like, here, here's a beer. It doesn't need to have like, here's our house dark beer. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. need to be a, what is it? A Porter style. It's mm-hmm. like, no nah, man, it's just our house dark beer. Um, and we also started doing a lot. We had a pretty big wild program from day one. So we had a lot of barrels. Uh, we were using a cool ship. We had, we were doing a lot of mixed fermentation. And I could definitely say that, like, at year one, opening up with a, a sour beer series um, that was not even kettle sour, that was just, uh, you know, mixed fermentation, um, was definitely new to the area. And, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of people who maybe haven't even had craft beer yet, let alone started drinking some some wild mixed fermentation and that was you know maybe a you know probably a pretty big change (laughs) especially you know in the capital region and you know now you go to any brewery and they have three or four fruited sours on on draft which is pretty awesome but in 2014 2015 that wasn't a thing yet no i feel like they just kind of exploded once the Mm -hmm. first one was out there then they kind of like hard seltzers now they're everywhere yeah, <laughs> they really are, aren't they? <laughs> uh, you guys have a hard seltzer, right? We do, and unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it. You know, I get it. I mean, it's like a like the brewer inside of me kind of cringes a little bit because, like, I don't even want to make an IPA. To tell you the truth, like, I I think about like you know us are going back to that wild program, like the mm-hmm. authenticity of it, the blending of barrels using this cool ship that you know gets yeast just from our local environment. Um, and then I, you know, you, on the polar opposite side is hard seltzer, you know, what I mean? <laughs> of like in terms of that, but yeah, we do have hard seltzer. We have a brand called clearly common that we kind of like stopped making. And we now have one called unclearly common, which is at least a little bit more authentic where we're using real fruits and, okay. and things and spices and herbs and things like that, where instead of just having like a straight up clear mango, seltzer now at least we're starting to have something like you know we what whatever runs on draft now is like a pineapple basil that you is, know and, and delicious it is a good a beer and it's fan, but I or, like that one yeah hmm. and a hard seltzer you know it's lower it's low calorie too it's gluten-free our main reason for making it was when we were at the temporary tap room we had a very limited license and you know we weren't able to like purchase uh, beers or ciders or, or not have a, a gluten-free yeah. option yeah. so oh, we're wow. like oh we can easily make a seltzer and that was our kind of way of having something that's you know approachable and able for everyone to to drink what so the brewer inside must hates it the business owner inside of me enjoys it because you can crank them out pretty quick and, and, they, a, lot of and a lot of people like it yeah. and i don't i don't even want to tell you how much we sell because it is embarrassing because it's, it's quite a bit but uh hey, you, i mean that's where some money's coming in from. You can't yeah. complain. You can't complain. And you know what? It's again, they're good. Uh, we, you know, they are lower calorie. And you know, like as as someone who you know, we, we like active lifestyles, and it's important to have community wellness. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, like you know, a great craft beer can calorically be on the higher side sometimes. So you know, the hard seltzers that are ours come in at just below 100 calories per 12 ounce serving. So that's something that you know, there's something to be said about that too. If you're yeah. having uh, a volume day we'll say <laughs> it's uh yeah they're definitely there so when you guys opened up in 2014 how were the early days to starting out what were those days like for you they were there were a lot of work honestly uh we we you know after the building was renovated and uh, we started the uh, day-to-day operations it was really basically two or three of us working you know in the brewery all day and then working the tap room at night so it it became kind of long days, but it was exciting to see the potential and how people started to respond to it. Uh, not only the product, but the, the the sense of community that we were starting to create here, which was really nice. So, you know, those early days, they were hard, but there was a lot of fond memories of them. I mean, we worked physically much harder probably back then. Uh, and it was, you know, the long days, but mm-hmm. it was uh, it was necessary. And uh, I think it's worked out to our favor here. No, it was, it was, I mean, they were definitely long days. I think that's, you know, when we first bought the building, it was my brother-in-law and me and you, and we, we knocked the the first, you know, that we closed on the property that morning. And that afternoon we were there like kicking a 
you know, taking a wall down as like a ceremonial thing. And we probably took like f- five days off over the next 10, 10 months to oh, get wow. us open. I remember we just kept thinking like, hey, got to open, we got to open. Yeah. I think the thing that we didn't really, you know, totally remember is like, you know, from the day we opened, it was like, oh shit, that's like, now we got to do it now. And, you know, there was, you know, from day one, we didn't have enough capacity. We were doing 20 barrel batches and there was, we were very fortunate, but there was an enormous demand and, you know, we got, there was also a lot of things that kind of worked in our favor too, which is probably just some, some great luck that we had, but there was like, you know, the beer advocate gave us the cover story of their magazine. There was like New York times in an article. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things that gave us kind of a lot of tension very early on. And also being a brewery that was doing some different styles that maybe weren't being done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in upstate New York. Um, and I think those all led into it, but I think we were like certainly naive, uh, to, to know how much, you know, how much extra work that, that we were going to have once we physically opened. Cause there were days we were brewing, we had kind of one guy helping out a little bit in the back, you know, we double brew into a fermenter bar 10 and then I'd, we'd still, after the bar closed, we'd still be cleaning up the brewery and getting ready for the next day's brew. And, you know, some days then you're running out to do tastings and, and oh, yeah. beer dinners yeah. and tap takeovers because we're starting to build this brand and, yep. you know, trying to get our name out there. And it was it was pretty chaotic, but it was energizing. It was fun because it was, you know, more people that, you know, started to kind of hear our name and try our beer and, and try up sour beer and, you know, try these hops that you've never maybe had before. These are from the West Coast. These are from New Zealand, you know, mm-hmm. things that maybe weren't necessarily as readily available as they are today um, was kind of a was was very energizing. And I think mm-hmm. it kept kept our momentum going and allowed for us to kind of expand and want to expand as fast as we did. Yeah. Wow. And then, of course, you guys are chugging along, making an awesome name for yourself, making great beer, and then the fire comes along. It's about two and a half years ago now, I think, right? Back in 2019? Yep. March 25th. (laughs) How much of that night do you guys even remember anymore? Does it seem like it's been – probably still seems like it was just yesterday, right? Or has it kind of faded a little bit? You know, it's like there are very real memories still. Um, Keith and I were – our sales director and I were actually in Indiana the weekend – just it happened on a Monday and we we got back to the state on Sunday and uh, we were at Uplands doing like a sour beer fest and and uh, came back and it was kind of in it's like seven o'clock in the evening and I was actually working late because I just hadn't been on my email in four days. So I was like going through the mound of emails that you <laughs> when you're at a another brewery drinking for yep. a weekend <laughs> and we were going through like a cleaning regiment on our uh on our brew system and there was um so i kind of like i was going to be here and we decided you know the tap room was going it was like trivia night or something like that Mm -hmm. and it was it was packed it was like standing room only and um there we ended up having a boiler kind of malfunction and it kind of chase that brings it up the stack up to the roof uh caught fire and it actually happens to be right behind my office um so literally at my computer and start smelling something and mm-hmm. turn around to see black smoke coming through oh, the wall. Geez. So that, you know, in some ways it was good because I was there and I was able to get everyone out very fast and then called, you know, my father, um, which I'm sure was a horrifying phone call for you to get. And then yeah. come across the bridge from Woods Falls and see smoke coming out of here. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. the thing with that way, it's very real still, but yeah. looking back at everything we went through since then, it, it does seem like a whirlwind, right? Oh, it really was. I mean, it was obviously a difficult night for us. Uh, coming, like Christian said, coming across, getting that phone call and coming across the bridge. Because when I left the brewery, it was probably a pretty great day. I mean, we had packaging. We had sent a bunch of beer out. The tap room was full. It was, you know, it was a, to me, it was like a high five kind of day. Mm-hmm. And then get home within the hour, get that phone call. It's like, and then come across the bridge and just see this black smoke billowing. And, you know, all of a sudden, those, you know, Route 9 is blocked off. And I'm like, oh, my God. But you know nobody was hurt uh, yeah that's not clearly the most important part yeah. but yep. uh, yeah i can't imagine getting that phone call in yeah. i mean obviously you'll see a giant smoke if something's on fire from the road you're like oh i wonder what's going on i've yeah. uh yeah. luckily never been uh, a part of what was going on yeah <laughs> so it's hopefully not a feeling i have to experience but yeah that's intense it was intense and but you're right it was very good that no one was hurt no first responders were hurt mm-hmm. and you know it wasn't how we wanted to to do anything. I mean, it was no. like, you know, in hindsight, there was a lot of, you know, our family's blood, sweat and tears in, in that, that yeah. space. So it's something that we always kind of thought that would be there. And as beautiful as this facility is, and trust me, we're, we're humbled to be walking through it. 
it is, you know, going through old photos. We just launched our foundation, which we can talk yep. about in a little bit. But I was going through some old photos to kind of try to get. We did this little video for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it do, it is emotional to go and see the old space because it's so intimate to us. Like we did all the work ourselves. And I always I have a 15 week old son now. And I always expected to, like, walk around with him and show him everything that, you know, Opa and I did here, Grandpa and yeah. I did, you know, and, and it's like gone, you know, and although we built this theoretically, you know, we had a great team. <laughs> we had the ideas for it, but you know, wasn't the same, actually, wasn't the same thing. Wasn't you know, the same hands-on you know what's thing. kind of funny as I was um, just putting together some notes last night, I looked at the Google image. Uh, it's this place. It must have been just the start of construction. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It's like just the frame. Yeah. Like, that's kind of funny. That <laughs> is knowing funny. what it looks like. Yeah. Now. It is pretty funny. Yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, the brewery burns, and that happened. And you know what? But the community reaction to that was just, you know, just blew us away. I mean, yeah, the how, fire, uh, how overwhelming was that? Were you that, surprised at uh, all? We were surprised would be a very mild word. I mean, we were mm-hmm. just, I mean, we were just looking at our phones that night, and, and things were already starting to happen, you know. And it just blew us away. It was very humbling, honestly. So I've never really been on that side of a yeah. supporting, you know. We've been, you know, one thing, and I think it, like, was very... It's maybe why the, the something like that yeah. it was very yeah and very i think touching. maybe why the community reacted the way it did too is you know there was it always been in our ethos to be supporting the community that was important to us mm-hmm. so from day one even when it was like you know very lean you know the business will say you know we're robbing peter paypal to get more mm-hmm. hops to make more beer or whatever it is you know it was always important for us to be a, a sustainable member of the community and to sustain the community that we're a part of. So, you know, there was always like dollar nights that we we're doing tap room and donating beer and donating gift baskets and, and stuff that, you know, the little mm. that we could do at the time. And that of course grew as we grew. So I think when, you know, when we did burn the community, people just, we, first of all, community is a big term too, because like locally, you know, the capital region, upstate New York community did so much. And I think there was like, you know, there was like over $70,000 that were generated in a very short amount of time for like a GoFundMe for our staff. And there are breweries in West Coast that are reaching out to us when they found oh, out wow. about it. So it was uh, it was pretty wild. I, I'm getting a phone call. We got a phone call from Fred Matt from FX Matt Brewing, who's like the however many generation owner mm-hmm. of and he was like, you know, it's really tough. And I, you know, I know mm. it's all, you know, it's a, I know the position you're in right now, you know, they had a big fire in 2008 and it was many millions of dollars in damage and their facility is incredibly old too. So I can't imagine the family history. And, but, you know, he said, you know, it's going to be the, the plus side now is you get to kind of start from scratch and do it the way you want to do it. And at the time I, I we know we both didn't want to hear that, you know, yeah. we, we already yeah. missed the old facility and, you know, we, we liked the idea of this kind of old farmhouse style that we just keep adding wings on it over time. And, you know, looking back, yeah, you did get to make lemonade and lemons. Like this is a beautiful purpose built environment. You know, it's a green building. There's, you know, everything it's, it's turnkey and everything's yeah. kind of built for efficiencies we wanted to make create a destination brewery and that this is what this has become but you're right the old place had a lot of charm and <laughs> and history and blood sweat yeah. and tears in it but again nobody got hurt and we were able to rebuild and were you planning on trying to put like numerous expansions on the old place before the yeah so we had to start we had purchased a property next to us and we had just broken ground on a on a still t- those tap room <laughs> oh, expansion <wow>. and <laughs> Yeah, we had, I mean, um, and uh, the plan was a kind of two-phase expansion. Of one was first was a tap room with a restaurant and, and some more space, plus some private event space. Um, and then the part two was take down the property next to us and add on more production. Um, so it probably would have been, I mean, it definitely would have been the same size, this facility. It just mm-hmm. would have looked a lot different, a lot you know. <laughs> a lot different. <laughs> a lot different, yeah. yeah. But... Well, yeah. we'll talk more about this place in a second because I want to open the give and take here, uh, American Wild Ale, because this is is this relatively new? So, no, this was done, believe it or not, in the old facility. Uh, and it was, uh, yeah, so this has been a beer we've done at least since 2018. I can tell you that because one of, we actually poured it at one of my, my buddy's weddings mm-hmm. um, who came and his family actually brewed it with us, the Buclick family who own some distributors that we work with as well. But we, uh, so this is a kettle sour. It's using our house bacteria. And, uh, but it, it's kind of our take on a gin and tonic. So it's brewed a little, you know, that's come some lime zest as well as some juniper as well that we brew it with. 
um, and some tartness from the bacteria. I like but, that. Yeah, um, that's that's definitely unique. It's not something yeah. I've really come across before. You know, juniper is like it's a polarizing flavor, right? I mean, people either kind of love or you hate it. If you like gin, like if you like Jane, or you know, you can, if you go too much, it's a little too piney. And but um, yeah, it's, it was it's kind of meant to be like a good summer. Here's your gin and tonic. Yeah, it's, gin it's got and tonic just season. enough tartness. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like um, some sours, I one and I'm done. That's for sure. I can't drink though i can't it's not like i can sit there and pound those but yep so a little lighter on the tartness i always enjoy it makes it easier to drink and sure yeah yeah but definitely a a summertime beer so usually we usually come out with it at the uh sometime in like end of may um it's kind of when it and brew it once or twice throughout the summer and that's kind of it so nice. but so yeah. how was the transition into the temporary tap room i think you pointed out there was only the one thing outside that survived the fire equipment wise yeah so uh there there was some equipment in fact two three tanks that you see downstairs Mm -hmm. um two of our 60 barrel fermenters and one 60 barrel bright tank survived the out the only thing that's still on the property that remains from the buildings that we Mm -hmm. took down um to create kind of one big property is uh is the outdoor one of the outdoor grain silos there's three silos outside um, or three big tanks outside, and one of them, the one that has a logo on it, was the original one. Wow. Um, so that, it also gives a little bit of a, a good perspective on where the other buildings sat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, but there was some other stuff that happened. I mean, my wife's family um, builds all of our equipment. It's all mm-hmm. uh, so she's front of her design is her company, and yep. she, her her office is right in Glens Falls, and then. Her parent company is called Farber Tool, which her father started back in 40 years ago, and they're a big stainless uh, manufacturing, um, mainly for like the paper mill and hydro dam kind of industry. But her brother, older brother, now runs it, and uh, he really started her her branch of the company too that she eventually took over. But he was in our facility one day, and um, we were friends from biking, all of us, yep. and uh, he was coming in to do a little repair on our mash tun. Um, or like, and, uh, just needed something done and, you know, stainless welding, especially sanitary welding. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's a real talent, um, and trade. And he brought an engineer and a welder and he was kind of looking at our fermenters. Yes. He was like, well, what does this go for? And, and we <laughs> were like, and you know, we were actually looking for more fermenters and, um, we encouraged him. We did encourage him. And he kind of was getting kind of excited by the idea of doing it. And he was like, we could definitely make one of those. And we're like, all right, well, we need another 20 barrel fermenter. And, uh, he like 15 weeks later, he dropped yeah. one off and then we we're like, okay, we want five more. <laughs> and then we're like, how about a new brew system? How about, uh, yeah. some bigger tanks? And, uh, from there there were, I think like, you know, Gary Brown called us like, Hey, it was this local guy you're using. And then it just kind of took off. Next wow. thing you know what they're making canning lines and, you know, they have uh, customers throughout all of North America which is how I met my wife is basically is uh, Paul brought his younger sister back to run the engineering design firm that in, designs everything. And then she sends it to his company to build it. Um, and it's been a great relationship uh, for a lot of reasons, <laughs> but uh, really working out well. It's really working out for, for us. Uh, but, you know, they were pinnacle in our, our fire, too, because they were able to um, take a lot of our equipment, store it, clean it up the stuff that was able to be salvageable. They took our pilot system, which was, which theoretically was like in the main part of the fire, but the garage door kind of fell on, fell it, on and, it. And yeah, it survived the fire. It wow. protected wow. it actually from the, which was crazy. That is, that's insane. And it was bad. I mean, a lot of parts they had to repair, but the, the bulk of it was, was able. So they were able to turn that around in about six weeks. And when we opened the temporary tap room, that's what we use for, the brew on yeah. wow so we partnered with three other bigger breweries uh bigger than our temporary but um so two roads and single cut which is you know and, and uh torch and crown who are similar to our size um they were brewing our beer for distribution because we didn't want to although we did it to pull out of some states we wanted yep. to make sure that we kept a couple brands out there um mm-hmm. and then everything you drank in our tap room was was from us and that was Coming out of that fun little three barrel little system. Pilot system worked. Yeah. You know, wow. out of it. You know? <laughs> we did. Yeah. Definitely got some use. <laughs> and this place has been open about a year now, just past June, right? Technically. Um, not open to the public. The brewery. About a year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we started brewing operations here again. Yep. The tap so, room opened May 3rd. Yeah. 
after obviously the fire happens in your temporary tap room and then you start to get excited all the work going into this place ready to open of course COVID happens everything shuts down yeah yeah uh, good timing <laughs> and you open basically two or three months after everything was basically ordered to shut down i mean what's it like going from all that planning to now you're ready to go but the world kind of isn't <laughs> well i mean uh i think the word we keep using is resilience here i mean we really mm-hmm. had to go back and say okay this is not what we expected but we you know we have to keep moving forward here so what's what's the what's plan b what's plan c what's plan d now i mean we just had to keep reinventing ourselves and you know stay relevant in our market keep in touch with our customers and uh, it, it became a challenge but luckily we you know we're, we're people that apparently we can we can kind of meet those challenges at least look at, at uh, the opportunities that sometimes a problem creates and you know how, how else can we look at this and look at how can we deal with this so it's it was a it's a good learning experience for us it really i think pulled us together closer as a company honestly because you know the people we have we have a wonderful staff here and uh, they all had to wear a lot of different hats and uh, you know try different projects and look at the world a little differently and mm-hmm. that's uh, you know so a little different paradigm is what we were used to so mm-hmm. absolutely and i think you know another thing that you know our our staff are in our community i mean they're they're everything right when you open a business it's all about cash flow cash flow you need yeah. to buy more hops more tanks more kegs whatever but very quickly it becomes about people and you know we assembled this just wonderful team of people that have come and left wonderful careers to come you know join this this company that's crazy idea that's crazy idea <laughs> and, and, and then they bought into it and, and they're just as much you know a part of it and you know we're very protective of that too so when the COVID was happening, you know, public safety was very important to us. And we've always been a company that put people before profits. And although we, yeah, when we opened, it was a little disappointing that the world was like in the middle of a pandemic, but you know, we've come this far mm-hmm. and there's no reason to rush it at this point. And yeah. we want to do it. You only get one shot to make a first impression. And you know, this, this team of people stuck with us from when the brewery burned until, until then, until now. And we don't really, you know, we don't want to, certainly we never want to put anyone in harm's way. Although we were also in a a business that was allowed to stay open for some reason. You know, people need beers. So that's a real, <laughs> that that allowed for us to keep everyone that's on. And business. I did not necessary business. I didn't think of the rides <laughs> um, if yeah. that wasn't considered that's essential. So, that's so true. But yeah. uh, it was it was a reason for us to, you know, to kind of talk to everyone and say, hey, you know, this to-go model kind of works. Mm-hmm. And you guys are, you know, it's still, it's still kind of doing everything again and it kind of allows for us to have a really limited interaction with with potentially people who are coming from all over because you know even when borders were closed between states we're still there's still a lot of people coming throughout the state that were coming to our our facility especially mm-hmm. when there was a new beer coming out or something like that and and we just felt this might might have been the, the safest thing that we would feel possible for our company and you know we definitely would you know, do take a lot of responsibility of, of the owners on making sure that we're we're providing the you know the most uh, safe work environment as possible. So then, how exciting was it for you to for you guys to finally open doors to the public? And how's it been since? Well, I had a baby. <laughs> Basically, the day we were, we opened. Oh, it was. Uh, was it, that <laughs> it was pretty much like that. Yeah. Congratulations, could, by the way. Get any more exciting for Christian? Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, so you uh, already weren't going to sleep anyway? Yeah, yeah, no, it was fine. That sleep was not happening. But so it was. It was a very exciting time. But you know, the having that the pandemic and the to go model really gave us some time to kind of uh, you know button up our, our procedures, our, how we were going to do things, get staffing, you know, yeah. all that, get the training done properly. We knew what kind of an experience we wanted to have from people arrived here. And honestly, under COVID, it wouldn't have been that experience. So when things opened up, we wanted to make sure we were ready to kind of open the doors and greet people the way we wanted to be greeted and we wanted to greet them. So it was a, it, you know, in, the silver lining and all that was it gave us some time to kind of do things right, I think. And I think, you know, the fact that we've had so many uh, people come in and just, you know, just love the food, love the, the beer and the atmosphere and the uh, this the space that we created, it's, it's been very, uh, very reassuring. So, yeah, like I said, it, it's absolutely beautiful here. I, re- I love the rustic look of the bar. I'm a sucker for rustic type oh nice <laughs> and everything that's uh well it's a, it's a local company that we we found through this process here of building this brewery is uh you know, trevitt millworks is a father oh, right. and his two sons and uh, 
they do a lot with repurposed wood and lumber and uh, you know like the bar down there is 100 year old uh, bird's eye maple wow that they were kind of saving for a special project and we wound up being that project so it was wow it was very cool and the you know like your benches and stuff down there recycled high school bleachers and so you know it's and again a local company that's been part of our thing we, we would rather spend a dollar locally and uh, you know, help another business uh, and it, you know, it just comes back to you in uh, in spades. So it's been really good. So I mean, what are some of your favorite highlights of the your new facility then? Of the new facility, yeah. you know, it's it is really nice to be brewing again. You know, and uh, although my role has definitely shifted to more on the the business side, um, you know, I definitely try to to mash in as often as I can, especially if there's a brewer taking a vacation, mm-hmm. you know, Keith, our operations director and I will, will kind of take turns going down just to kind of keep our, our chops because mm-hmm. we're still on the recipe development. Um, but you know, this new system is phenomenal. You know, we don't even green out anymore. Like you, you hit a button and it goes outside automatically to so a dump truck. Yeah, they're very, they, so <laughs> they would have saw the first system and now you look at it, everything's touch screen. You can run it from your freaking phone, but it's, you know, it is really cool because so much of this industry, you know, I think they're making beer, it's the best industry in the planet. You know, it's, first of all, we love what we do from the product side, of course, like it's, it's, we, we enjoy beer and it's nice to be able to make it, but you know, the sales, the marketing and the manufacturing too, manufacturing is fun and it's, it's always problem solving, um, and building equipment. I mean, that was a half when I was a home brewer, even working at breweries, I loved, you know, putting our, you know, this, you know, making the homebrew system more efficient and, and trying to figure out how to add some like micro automation or something like that. Yep. And now you look at the play, you know, playground, you get to play in now. Um, you know, this year I would say like, you know, things are really working really well. The King line, everything's kind of fine tuned. We have a year under us now and you know, we've, uh, you know the brewers are really well trained and everyone's kind of firing on an all cylinder so it feels really good that we're you know you're kind of sharpening the pencil now we're not we've had two and a half years of having to make these like big changes in our life in order to like make ends meet and to kind of figure out what we're doing from our business and now just to have these efficiencies in place and to be able to go back to like all right, what do we want to do? Are we ready to open our new wild facility? Yeah, we should go buy a farm and, and do it proper. Yeah, we should. Oh, we want to make this new beer? Yeah, let's just go make this new beer now. Nice. Like that's, it's nice to be able to go back to doing the kind of the fun parts again. And and uh, like I said, kind of making making stuff more efficient and uh, and having some fun with making beer and not as much uh, kind of having these oh shit moments. Of, <laughs> we're, we're dealing with insurance companies and oh. you know, a, yeah, everything else going on. But uh, what about you? Uh, well, obviously the, the the brewery is just phenomenal. It's just a beautiful facility. I mean, it's in our wildest dreams if we ever think we'd have a facility like this. I don't know. I mean, we pinch ourselves probably every day coming in, but uh, but having the tap room open, I think, has been really special. Uh, seeing people come in and enjoy the space as mm-hmm. we because we real, honestly put a lot of thought into it. And when people walk in, you know, what's what's what are they going to see first? How are they going to be greeted? And all, all that really came into play. And to, and to sit back now as a person, who, you know, we were all we were meeting with the architects and engineers and everybody on a weekly basis and trying to put this this plan on paper and what it's going to look like in reality. And now to see it, people actually enjoying it the way we thought they would, is a, it's pretty special, honestly. It's a, it's a good thing. And mm-hmm. so, and, you know, again, the staff we have, you know, Rich Rich Wilson, our director of retail operations, just done an outstanding job getting us to this position where we could open a tap room and make sure staffing was trained and everything. So it's it's been good to see everything kind of fall together. Awesome. So far, I'm not going to so, <laughs> I mean, it's been a difficult labor market, honestly. You know, as, as everybody's probably experiencing right now. Yeah, but we've been, in spite of that, we've been able to find some really quality people to come you know, help us with this dream. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. So, tell me about the foundation then, and how that came to be. That was mostly inspired. Was it mostly inspired by the response after the fire in the community? Well, that was certainly a. Uh, it, it was a big push forward for us, but actually, it was Christian's idea even before the fire because we. Uh, we, you know, we, we saw that our, our brewery had created this community, a little little tap room and stuff was being used for people for, you know, various little fundraisers and a place where they could gather and talk about issues and, and ways to help the community and, and maybe inspire to do some new things. And so we, you know, we, we began to look at that and we, in any way we could help, we did. But again, it was, those are pretty lean years back then. So we still, uh, you know, at some point, and Christian said, we, you know, we have a for-profit side. We really should create us this uh, not-for-profit side. And I think that goes back to some of the, the not-for-profits that he worked for up there in Lake Placid. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that experience 
but bring it back here and then doing something as a as a as an offset of our our, our for profit business. So after the fire and the reaction of not only our local community but really the you know the entire country almost, <laughs> it felt like that at some point. The reaction and now what it meant to be uh, on the receiving end of life, something like that. We really said, all right, we really have to play this forward now. And so you know, Pingham and Natural to kind of, and then we had this gorgeous logo that was created for us after the fire. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with the, the rising uh, of the ashes, the phoenix? The phoenix. Yeah, yeah, that was fa- that was fantastic. Yes, and uh, you know, it was a, a person who worked with one of my uh, one of our daughters works. My my daughter, your sister works. <laughs> <in> a, <laughs> was working as a, with, with a graphic designer at the place she was working. Kind of helped us create that and uh, gave it to us as a, as another way to kind of help us um, come out of this uh, this crisis. Uh, but yeah, so the started the foundation, launched it here, and so uh, uh, it's been I think really well received. And uh, yeah, it's been cool to have that infrastructure in place, yeah. you know. And it just seemed like a like my dad said, like it was something we always talked about because we do think that you know we we definitely uh, I value uh, corporate sustainability, like mm-hmm. companies that have chosen to be charitable in their business daily operations. You know, you think yeah. about companies like. Patagonia and, and ones that have like you don't even almost see the difference between you know their for profit and their non profit they're just as that's just part of their their ethos and you know I'm more apt to support apt to support a company that is more charitable and is giving back and and has this you know this connection to community than I am one that doesn't. So although, you know, on a small business scale like, like us, I think it is important to, to be, you know, charitable and to be, a, a, you know, supporting the community that's supporting you because, you know, it is the rising tide floats all ships. So I think, um, you know, I'm excited that we've been able to kind of put this infrastructure together and, you know, kind of build on something. I think it's has nothing but potential. So, you know, we launched it really this year. Um and, you know, we, we brought on a kind of a part-time uh, executive director to help us run it. We have a, it's a board run nonprofit 501c3. So, you know, my father and I are the founders and sit on the board with my wife and my mother, my dad's wife, and uh, <laughs> as well as a handful of other people who are, who are uh, community members and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of friends of the brewery that bring various talents that are, that are kind of the driving force of this foundation. So we've kind of developed these pillars that are, that sort of represent things that were in, that were really the ethos of the brewery, you yeah. know. Although they're separate, the foundation, the brewery, we kind of integrate them as one, and it's just a continuation. So, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun so far, and I, we're we're really excited to see what it can do. As much as we have a lot of growth potential, you know, we're putting more tanks in for the brewery. We have another facility in the works where we're moving our whole wild program uh, down there, and um, that's really exciting too. But the foundation has just enormous amount of potential for for stuff. We've been partnering with other organizations, and you know we've been um, a lot of our kind of other business, local business kind of friends and, and networks have been already kind of hopping on board as kind of legacy members. We built this membership now that's starting to grow, and uh, yeah, we've started these kind of this kind of grant program and these micro grants and things that we've been able to support even from day one so it's awesome. been it's been really cool yeah how can people uh interested get involved with that or help out yeah i mean if you go to our website and certainly reach out to us there's or, or just come on into the tap room we've especially on a wednesday night wednesday nights are our foundation night so it's during the summer it's our gears and beers and we have 60 to 80 100 riders that come out for it and every single wednesday night and then all the proceeds or all the dollar for every draft that evening goes to the foundation every night and we've been kind of using it as like uh, a membership drive as well so um, it's a way for if you want to become a member and there's various levels or even just a volunteer we have like community gardens that we support Mm -hmm. and and there's some uh, soon to be some trail networks that we're getting involved with and some other aspects like that there's um there's nothing but involvement um so and on any any level too so it doesn't have to be a big contribution it can just be your time because everyone's time is is worth a lot so awesome so i've got kind of a just a quick rapid fire questions just to wrap things up here of course because this has been great but so is there a beer you guys have made that you're particularly proud of yes one that stands out yes i would definitely say so so we have i would say there's, there's two beers but 
I'm gonna answer you in two parts. Okay. Uh, rooted. <laughs> rapid uh, fire out yeah, the window. Yeah, ra- rapid fire on a on a with like a four part answer. Yeah. Um, so rooted is our 100 percent kind of like you know uh, we would call it like a method lambic. Like you, American brewers really don't use the word lambic because it it should be something sacred to Belgium. But the method of how lambics are made with 100 percent spontaneous um, inoculation and and fermentation is a beer that like we get pretty excited about. So rooted and it's a beer we have very old barrels of. So we're able oh, wow. to blend now, you know, 2016 barrels with a 2019 barrel and start to come up with these wonderful blends. Hmm. But if you were asked that exact same question and say, hey, uh, if you had one common roots beer that you could never drink, you can only drink, no other beer, and you're on a desert island, but you have unlimited pallets of this one beer, what would it be? <laughs> and I would say kind of like the little sister of Rooted is In Bloom. And it's a beer that's uh, used our cool ship as well, but it's fermented in one of the fooders that you saw downstairs, yep. the biggest one. And it's a, we kind of run what's called a, uh, a Solera method. So it never totally gets emptied for the most part. And we're always kind of, sometimes we'll pull some out and we'll, we'll pump some fresh wort in. And it's kind of our house farmhouse beer, but it's a beer on like a hot day I could chug. It's also a beer for having a nice meal I could just really enjoy. And it, you know, it, it's my stem glass. Yeah. It is. Yeah. What about you? I would probably go a little bit more mainstream. Uh, you know, the uh, we drink a lot of New England style IPAs, and uh, there's still, I, you know, obviously the lager we had today that goes back to my my, my roots personally. But uh, what I've been really enjoying is one of our first beers is a, a West Coast IPA, Last Light, and I I, I just love that beer again. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, it, but we had it on tap here, and it was I I. You know, they, as soon as they pulled up to the bar after my shift drink, they, uh, the beer tender would bring me over last light. It was just like, they just kind of knew that. So I think right now that's my beer. Oh, nice. I missed it. And uh, it's, it's coming back again. I, I talked to Brent. He's brewing it today. So Awesome. <laughs> oh, good West Coast IPA. It's like, you know, it's clear. Yep. It's got a little backbone. It's still got some nice citrus hops, but yeah, it's it, like it, it's flavor, flavorful. I agree. That's, that's definitely a good one. So is there something you haven't brewed yet you guys really want to try? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. If we tell them, we'll have to kill them. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think we like, do that one off the record. Yeah, no, I leave mean, that as a mystery for anyone that listens. I think there was a lot of uh, so you know we definitely you know we kept our entire brewing staff on and we took our downtime very seriously. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of hops research. Um, you know, we definitely are excited to bring out some new beer. We opened. And we haven't been able to keep up demand. And, like, unfortunately or fortunately, beers like Good Fortune, which is our biggest, you know, kind of core brand IPA, yep. which distributes quite a bit. And it's a great beer. About wife, to get a rebrand. Favorite. My wife's favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we've been every single tank's filled with that. So we're really excited for this fall that we're able to, like, we have a lot of new beers that are going to be coming out. Awesome. Um, especially when we get some new tanks in place that gives us a little bit more uh, capacity to, to kind of get Good Fortune out of some of those tanks and yeah. into some other stuff. So... But, um, you know, I think, like, everything's open for us. Uh, I think there's more blends. There's with, you know, there's more stuff, the barrels that are getting old and that are totally ready for, for, for blending and packaging. And there's plenty of new hops that are coming out to the market that we're getting from the Southern Hemisphere and um, Pacific Northwest that are uh, we're pretty excited about. So you guys got a lot of things cooking. We do. We do have a lot. Keeps us, keeps us off the streets, so to speak. <laughs> kind of on the opposite side of that, uh, what's the worst beer you've ever brewed or tried to brew? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. We've definitely dumped... Uh, there's a couple went south on us. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely... I mean, you know, it happens less and less now. You know, we have a full-time lab tech that, that works with us. John Reed does an excellent job being mm-hmm. our kind of quality control manager. And, um, he, you know... It, it's a rare occasion now that a, a fermenter gets dumped. Yep. Um, but it has to happen because, you know, again, you get one shot to make a first impression. You know, it's not worth putting in, you know, something that's not great out into the market. It's not perfect. So, um, but there have definitely been some swings and misses, especially in the pilot system, especially in the wild program too, of, yeah. uh, you know, barrels. There's no rhyme or reason. You know, you can have multiple the same cool shit batch. So it's all using the same wort, same night it was inoculated, just, you know, with our local microflora outside. And, you know, it goes into four different barrels, which is kind of the capacity of, of our a single batch from the cool ship. And 
three of the barrels are awesome and one is just like poof you know yeah. like just straight blue cheese yeah and you're like whoa that's that's pretty gnarly so i would say by volume i shouldn't say by volume by style we've dumped a lot of wild beer uh, of us figuring something out we have a farm we'd love to work with right down the road where we'll go and you know pick some fresh currants and herbs and whatever and go back and it, in our head it makes complete sense that this beer is going to be the the best beer you've ever had and yeah it does not turn out that way and that kind of sucks sometimes too but i would say that i don't have a particular one i definitely have beers that are well certainly beers that never made it to the public i mean there were some definitely well, beers that don't make it to the public. Yeah. Or some yeah. beers we tasted we're like yeah that's not going anywhere there's definitely been some even beta beers too where we were doing something beta is a series that's uh, experimental ipa series mm-hmm. and it's not always just like oh what hops and mainly what you're using yeah a lot of times it was us trying a different way for mid-ferment dry hops or recirculating while we're mid-fermenting and, and whatever and we would try even just methods of brewing something you know shorter different whirlpool temperatures you know shorter boil times whatever it is different hops at different times mid-ferment whatever it is and, and realizing that sometimes like wow that came out freaking terrible you know <laughs> and yeah. so i would say there's okay. nope, there's those ones work. too um early days in the yeast when you know we propagate all of our own yeast and grow our own yeast mm-hmm. on site um there are definitely earlier days when our you know we weren't as buttoned up as we are now where a yeast strain was too stressed out and just completely you know ruined a beer wow. and you get you know three days into fermentation and you're like holy cow or we is... lost the glycol pump and yeah. or you have some pump yeah some equipment <laughs> malfunction and <laughs> something ferments at 90 degrees accidentally yeah oh geez so when you guys aren't drinking one of your many own beers are there other places in the area or beers that you're particularly uh go after or impressed by what they're doing i mean i think i think we have a really great craft beer scene in our area right now and we certainly enjoy visiting with our friends in the brewing industry and trying you know what they're having and what they're coming out with and uh, it's just one of the i think the benefits of being in this industry you have all these colleagues that are doing cool stuff out there and, and going you know visiting their tap rooms and tasting their beer so it's i think locally we have a really great beer scene here i don't know if i want to one in particular because you know I, <laughs> well uh, like i said i haven't been to glens falls in years what's yeah. more up this way how far i know Northway brewing isn't that a little south right they they're just north south? of us they're heading towards like oh, they're farther uh, north? nine yeah, yeah. there's okay. there's a bunch of great ones i would say you know we do my head hit on head there's there's a lot of great ones i mean unified they used to you know erica used to work for us oh did um, she really yeah. so you know we yeah, obviously did a yeah, lot unified uh, comes up a lot they're one so, of uh the other yeah, top notch Dude, yep, they really, used to, really good, really good stuff, and like great people too. So. And great yeah, people, yeah. and like I said, they were, you know, um, it's always nice because to see like kind of a former employee of ours like do as well as they have. So that's you know that's really great. But honestly, we've been so close that the it's a very tight knit capital region brewing scene, and yep. I think like mm-hmm. honestly, everyone has a niche that they do very well, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we're really proud of that. I would say like you know like uh, a brewery that I would really give a shout out to because I like cherish them enormously is probably plan b you know the the watsons evan watson is just a really wonderful person and uh (laughs) makes some kind of very phenomenal uh you know beer and they have a a very cool kind of like homestead operation too Mm -hmm. you know so much of it is just like talk about being local and and committing to a, a very you know specific style but i think from you know you know from a brewing standpoint New York State has such a diverse, you know, and amazing, really high caliber um, amount of breweries. And um, I, there is not, you know, like we've been fortunate enough to get travel kind of all over. And there are certainly some states where you'd be like, oh, yeah, we're in so-and-so. And, and these are the two breweries you really seek out when you're here. Yeah. And I wouldn't you can't really say that about New York because there are so many just wonderful breweries that are all making really high caliber uh really great beer and that's like maybe kind of like a really political answer but <laughs> no, that's no, no, that's really fine. true though we really no, do feel i mean way. you're not wrong i mean yeah uh, i live down in schenectady and just between schenectady and albany obviously yeah. i haven't traveled gone all over the state it's probably actually the farthest i've gone for the podcast like you said it was an hour drive yeah. oh wow <laughs> so but you just yeah just albany and schenectady area it's it's a very collegial industry really they, i mean we really help each other out like you know somebody needs some grain that they're short of or you know there's a lot of that going on behind the scenes where you just help each other out and that's that's good yeah 
So I think that's going to do it, fellas. I think that was another uh, edition of the podcast right there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so a big thank you, Bird and Christian, for hanging out. I appreciate you guys having some drinks, telling me about the breweries and the beers. It's been fun. Chris, really pleasure having you yeah. here. And yeah, thanks, thanks for coming for up. Making a trip up north of the big city. Up yeah, there. this is this is the Great White North for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right? It is. Yeah. Well, it's it's not winter, so I can't say it's the Great White North. It's just the Great North at the moment. That's it. So everyone, be sure to check out Common Roots and their social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, to keep tabs on everything going on. Don't forget about checking out CommonRootsBrewing.com and for information on the foundation, you can find that there as well. Anything else you guys want to throw in? That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah appreciate, it, bud. Cheers. Cheers. And a huge thank you, everyone out there, for checking out the show. You can, of course, follow Stories from a Bar on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Stories FAB to keep up with everything. Be sure to ch- also be sure to check out Popcorn and Pints, where I just drink with friends and talk shit about movies. Uh, that's a lot, usually live streams on Saturday nights around nine, so that's fun. Uh, you'll find Stories from a Bar on all the major podcast platforms. Apple, app, app, did I say Apple? Right. I meant Apple. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apple, Google, Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, YouTube, and however many more out there. There's a lot. So be sure to like and subscribe, and even more importantly, uh, share a fantastic review. I'd greatly appreciate it. So until next time, cheers. Cheers.